Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, April the 9th in 2021 on When I Rise. We're currently getting to the end of year B, second Sunday of Easter. And on Fridays, we like to take a look at the gospel text for the week. And we find ourselves this week at the end of the gospel of John. So we were at the end of Gospel of Luke last week, and so we're at the end of the Gospel of John this week. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31, looking at some of those resurrection accounts of Jesus after he is raised from the dead. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme. Thanks for making this party morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and be God together in a time of prayer. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone their sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told them, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for us. I think all of us have had those coaches or teachers where we just got this sense where they, they like knew this stuff, but maybe they couldn't actually do this stuff, right? Um, like that coach who uh, maybe in their younger years was a pretty good athlete, but they had let themselves uh, go for a little bit. And when it came to actually performing, they weren't able to do so. And they're doing the best, but like, so whenever they kind of bark at you and they demand something out of you, it's less inspiring because you feel like it's not coming from like a, a capable place, right? I always knew that if I was going to coach uh, my son Ezra's team, that I wanted to you know, get in there, do the thing with him. And so whenever we would do uh, the exercises of uh, of the practice or whatever, I would get out there and run with them. Um, I never wanted to say, hey, run laps and just sit there and check my phone or something like that. And um, I think that's important. I think uh, teachers can have one or two approaches. One can kind of lead from an elevated place, a place of authority, and kind of demand their respect. Or they could uh, teach from like a low place and draw people to them. Uh, It seems quite clear that uh, in in the Jewish framework of education that uh, students learn from their rabbi through immersion. And I think this is what's going on here in one of the post-resurrection accounts. 
of Jesus. There's, I mean, John's version of post-resurrection is so fascinating. There's so many stones to uh, overturn. But I think this one, in reading all these verses together, show us a great reality. So in the first half of our verses this morning, Jesus appears to his disciples. And I, I want to say, and this is just me getting out on a limb here, that Jesus appearing on the other side of a locked door is not just something that helps fill in the setting, but it also serves as a metaphor. I think John does this again and again. Uh, I think he does this particularly like in John chapter 4, when uh, Jesus goes to speak to the woman at the well. Um, it's in the middle of the day, like where the sun is at its brightest. And that's not just to fill in the setting, but I think it's also to say, hey, you know, as the sun illuminates all of the earth at that time, uh, in the setting around them, so you need to see this clearly, just like a, a bright light um, and a place that wants to show what's going on there, right? So I think that this is a door that's locked, not just uh, literally, but also metaphorically. His disciples are, are closed up and they need to be opened up. And so Jesus appears on the other side and he ministers to them. Notice that he says a phrase uh, twice. He says, peace be with you. That would have been words of comfort for his disciples. Um, Jesus is facing them for the first time after they all abandoned him at the cross. And so Jesus could have said, man, I told you so. You guys are no good lying, cheating, you know, you know, scoundrels. I cannot believe I continue to bear with you. No. What does he say? Jesus says, you know, I could like point my finger and say, hey, I told you so. But he decides to offer peace. And I think that's an important fixture of the post-resurrected Jesus, that his main occupation in ministry it was always this way, but it is in, it certainly is an increasing measure at the end of after his resurrection is to make th uh, peace in the world. And we can see that in Colossians chapter one. But notice he breathes upon them the Holy Spirit and then he gives them this command. If you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. It's a nebulous statement, but Jesus is nevertheless giving the Holy Spirit to his disciples so that they can confer forgiveness and live in peace and unity with one another, right? Uh, forgiving somebody is one of the most challenging tasks as human beings. We cannot forget our past, uh, the things that we do and the things that are done to us. And so to forgive is to suspend our knowledge of something in order to pave the way for a different future, right? Not just to rehearse and only remember the bad thing, but also to choose uh, to make peace with that person who has uh, hurt us and then to walk together into a new reality. This is tough, right? But this is one of the commissions that Jesus gives his friends. So how great is it that when one of them is not there, Thomas, that a week later, Jesus bypasses another locked door and Thomas, who initially had said statements of doubt, uh, he doubted that Jesus was raised from the dead until he could actually see the marks of his suffering on his cross. Notice what Jesus does. He says, peace be with you. And then he allows Thomas to put his finger in his hands, to reach his hand into his side, and he gives him the admonition to stop doubting and to believe. So here's Jesus. He gives the command, forgive. He then a week later appears to someone who lacks faith in him, and instead of reading him the right act, he forgives him. He says, peace be with you. And this thing that you need to do, go ahead and do it, uh, because it's more important that we are bonded together uh, then for me to lecture you about your lack of belief. He does challenge him, and then he does give this axiom towards the end of the passage. Because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So Jesus gives us commission to forgive, but he doesn't do it via distance. He does it in action, and his disciples are able 
to see him work it out. And I think as we look at all of the passages that we've covered this week, themes of unity, themes of trust, uh, themes of having fellowship with one another. Here we have Jesus at the center of all that. So whenever we find ourselves in unity, wherever we find ourselves in a repair relationship, whenever we find layers and layers of trust being built over a long friendship, we can understand that Jesus is there with us, which is much to be grateful for because this is the hard stuff of being human and it's something that we should not try to do alone. So I'm going to pray for us because all of us might be out of sorts with somebody, right? Varying levels of disagreement. And we'd like to see that repaired. It's going to take guts to pursue it. And it's going to take grace to go before us and to prepare the way. So let me pray for those relationships that we have in our lives this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're a God who goes before us. You, you went before us and you pursued us unto salvation. You go before us and making a way for us through a sacrificial death on a cross and being raised from the dead. And you go before us to prepare a place, a renewed heavens and earth where we get to dwell with you for ages upon ages. And we understand that the narrative arc of this journey now is towards repair and forgiveness and hope. And so, God, we confess to you that we need help because um, we have relationships in our lives that are not mended. Um, There are wounds, uh, there's hardships, uh, there's perhaps even a a bit of perceived danger with some uh, people that are close to us in our lives. And so uh, we are paralyzed by fear at times in seeking to repair relationships. But I thank you that you still pass through locked doors and barriers, that you still confer upon us the ministry of forgiveness, and you still implore us to do our best with your grace to try to repair relationships around us. And so, God, each of us have one that's particularly fresh and uh, tender to us, a relationship. Maybe it's with a sibling, perhaps it's a peer or a coworker, whatever it might be, God, we need your help today. And so, God, I pray that you'd be with us as we take our first step of faith towards repair. I pray that you would go ahead of us and that you would make a way where there seems to be no way. God, we love you because you give us forgiveness, but also because you help us in forgiveness. As we pray for your help once more, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.